You all are invited to Fort Worth, Texas for the Jeep's Leadership Conference, May 8th and 9th. Jeep's Leadership Conference is a two-day deep dive into all things leadership with a bit of fun to round things out. The conference features a robust education focus, social events, and a tabletop trade show, and of course, networking. For more information, visit jeeps.com slash leadership conference. Trusted since 1887, Highland Patterson delivers custom grain handling systems that keep the industry moving forward. Known as a workhorse of the Lower Mississippi, Highland Patterson's continuous barge unloaders can empty a grain barge in under 45 minutes. For grain loading via rail, Highland Patterson's trademark Cub Rail Car Mover offers an efficient and accurate positioning solution that will have material handling and safety professionals alike breathing a sigh of relief. Ready to increase your output? Visit HeilPatterson.com forward slash bulk. Contact Highland Patterson today. If you work in the grain industry, you're part of the grain supply chain. But where does the grain go after it leaves your location? Often in your line of work, you don't get to follow the path that the grain takes. Well, the journey of grain is a remarkable one, and in many geographic locations, grains are exported outside of your given country. Today, you'll learn about the incredible preparation of grain as it's about to leave port on massive vessels ready to hit the seas for up to 18 days. In this episode of Whole Grain, you'll hear from two well-respected Jeeps members who facilitate the fumigation of unimaginable quantities of grain aboard these super-sized ships. It's what some call organized chaos. It's orchestrated ballet of dozens of companies and agencies, millions of pounds of grain, and extremely tight timelines every single day. Let's go. Hey folks, welcome to the Whole Grain Show. My name is Jim Lenz, your host and director of training and education at Jeeps. We're the mission of the Grain Elevator and Processing Society is about people and information and knowledge, and the mission of the industry is about fueling and feeding the world. Thanks for listening today and for joining the network of thousands of other grain handling and processing professionals across the globe taking strategic steps to grow professionally. The Whole Grain Show will give you the competitive advantage to win at work so you can make more of an impact. The focus of today's show is about the fumigation of grain commodities on ships during the final stages of the export process. To help guide us through the process, we have two very special guests, Perry Nettles and Alex Luce. Perry Nettles from Ecolab was awarded the Jeeps Corbett Award winner at the 2022 Jeeps Exchange. Jeeps Board of Directors bestows the Corbett Awards to recognize associate members, that is the vendors and suppliers of the grain handling and processing industry, who have demonstrated extraordinary volunteer leadership on behalf of all associate members in the pursuit of Jeeps mission and achievement of its general objectives. Perry is a member of the Mid-South Chapter Region, and Alex Luce, also from Ecolab, is the Secretary and Treasurer of the Jeep's Columbia River Chapter in the Portland, Oregon area. This episode will pique your curiosity, expand your understanding, and deepen the meaning on how you and your team play such a vital and important role in the global supply chain of grains. All 
right. Today, we welcome two grain professionals who help support the assurance of grain quality in large ships as they leave grain terminals. Perry Nettles is the South Region Manager, Ecolab Specialty Pest Services, and also the Jeep's 2022 Corporate Award winner. We also have Alex Luce. He is the treasurer of the Jeep's Columbia River Chapter and is the Business Development Manager in the West Region at Ecolab Specialty Pest Services. Welcome, you two, and thanks for your participation. Thank you so much, James. Pleasure to be here today. Thanks, James. Thanks for having us. To allow our listeners to get to know you a bit and start the show with a bit of positive spirit, could each of you share with our listeners a mantra or success quote that you live by professionally? Yeah, for myself, professionally, James, I'm an operations director, have been for pushing 20 years now. I live by training people well enough that they can leave, treat them well enough that they don't want to. Serve me very well in my years in the industry. Great quote. Love that. Thank you. And uh, I'll go with a mantra that uh, Mr. Ross Perot actually back in the day used to say that there's no secrets to success. It is just the result of hard preparation, hard work, and learning from your failures. Another great quote. Thank you, Alex. All right. Now, I'm just curious, how long have you each devoted your careers to the grain industry? And for each of you, why is working in the grain industry so important? I'll start with you, Alex. Yeah, so I've had the privilege of interacting with the grain industry and Jeeps members for not as nearly as long as my counterpart on here today. But I would say it's always been my focus is the people that I work with, helping farmers and our customers in this country feed the world is just kind of cool. I also, as mentioned, had the privilege of serving as the treasurer for the Columbia River chapter in the Pacific Northwest. And getting to know those folks has been really fun as well. It's been almost 30 years. I hate that you pointed that out, Alex. Probably 13 (laughs) years working in food and beverage grain manufacturing facilities as a sanitation director, managing fumigation and pest companies that I hired and contracted to do work in those facilities. And then the last 17 years, actually fumigating and managing fumigation divisions around the country through the central United States and now in the South region. And, you know, I grew up in central rural Arkansas. It's farming. My grandparents had a rice and soybean farm. So it's very personal, passionate position that I hold. And and I loved Alex's point. We are the the food bank for the world and, and making sure that we can help feed those countries that are underdeveloped and undernourished. Just take a lot of pride in that. It just warm and fuzzy feelings at the end of the day all the way around. It's great, you know, provide food for the world in the United States. We'll examine different perspectives from around the globe. But from the U.S. perspective, I think a lot of people may be interested approximately how much of our grain is exported outside the U.S. I'd say probably right around 70 percent. I believe in last year, over 100 million metric tons was exported. So it's quite a bit. I think this will be an interesting show for our listeners in the grain industry. Our listeners of whole grain work in a variety of capacities and geographies. They may be vendors and suppliers. They may work in facilities. The spectrum is is really quite broad, and listeners can be in a variety of jobs within the larger supply chain of grain. What we'd like to spotlight on this show today is the story about the fumigation of grain commodities on ships during the final stages of the export process. We met earlier about a month or so ago to discuss this topic because for me, it was new and I want to wrap my mind of what this is all about. So after reflecting on our conversation, I, I describe it as a massive logistical undertaking that's highly efficient and very adventurous, I have to say. 
dealing with just massive volumes of grain on enormous ships ready to take the seas for up to 18 days. How have I described it so far? Uh, Yeah, spot on. I mean, orchestrated ballet of dozens of companies, USDA, federal agencies, millions of pounds of grain, and extremely tight timelines. And that's every single day. (laughs) We're lucky if we shut down for Christmas, but it's 365 days a year. Absolutely. Now, let's back up a bit, though. Where is the grain coming from? I mean, what kinds of facilities are they coming from? What are the different ways that grain is transported to the grain terminals? So most of this grain is transported from either small facilities from all over the country, or it could be from farmers or even large storage facilities, but hopefully from Jeeps members, right? So these uh, storage facilities, these farmers play a, a, a very important role. The grain is either delivered by truck, rail, or by barge. And it really kind of depends on where the export terminal is located. I know most of the Pacific Northwest gets their grain either by rail or by barge coming down from the Palouse or coming into the Columbia River Basin there, or the Gulf, for instance, coming down the Mississippi. Uh, a lot of that grain's moved up and uh, going south off the river there. I'm also curious, how many terminal port locations export grain in the United States? Yeah, so there's over 40 export terminals right now operating in the U.S. They're operating at almost full capacity right now. There isn't much room for any of these terminals to go down, as we've seen in recent years with hurricanes in the Gulf and Perry's region. It really puts a large strain on the export of this grain. So we really, really depend on each and every one of these terminals to be fully operational. Now, can you go deeper into the transportation by barge and tell us about the details of the process some more? And can you share with our listeners the scale and scope of grain that is processed at terminal elevators and uploaded to ships? I just... It's just sheer incredible volume. And I know everybody's in their own part of the grain supply chain, but uh, not many are in this aspect or not a lot of people don't get to see and hear all this. So I'd love for you to get into some of those details. Yeah, absolutely. So growing up in Arkansas, up and down the Mississippi River from southern Illinois down through all the way through Louisiana. For the last 20 years, we've managed a lot of the barge fumigations and the services up and down the Mississippi River, fed from the Ohio River, the Missouri River. All of your uh, grain-producing areas can really get grain down the river much more economical and quicker using barges versus rails and and even rail cars or or trucks. So just some facts. We do a lot of barges, but one semi-truck holds about a 1,000 bushels of grain. That's one hopper bottom truck that you see going down the road. It's about a 1,000 bushels of grain. It would take 2,000 truckloads for one average vessel. 2,000 trucks for one vessel. Um, A rail car is about 3,500 bushels, so 500 rail cars to do a vessel. So these elevators, and I'm estimating on a lot of the timelines and sizes here, but an elevator can turn a vessel in about 36 hours. So you can imagine unloading and loading out 500 rail cars in 36 hours. Okay, that's rail cars. One Mississippi River barge holds about 60,000 bushels. A lot of our farmers, a lot of listeners can equate. That's a the size of an average farm grain bin, 20 to 60,000 bushels. 
So one barge is 60,000 bushel, and it takes 35 barges for one vessel. So a grain elevator in the Gulf or anywhere for that matter has to bring in, navigate, coordinate, get 35 vessels a day down the river, get them to an elevator, get them unloaded into the cleaning house, through the way bins, and put back out and onto a vessel every day. Just looking at the 14 or 16 elevators in New Orleans, they process about 300 million bushels of grain per month just in New Orleans area alone. The numbers are staggering. It almost doesn't make sense. When you look at, we look at fumigating a bin for a customer, it's, you know, a half million bushels or a million bushels. We think that's a large tank, but each elevator is turning that much grain daily. So the volumes are just, when I took over the South region, it's still staggering to me, the amount of grain that moves through just that one port. Wow. That's a lot to take in. Um, Just uh, amazing. And so timing and agencies and all the players involved is just incredible. And, uh, and it's relayed and, and just throughout the whole supply chain system. This is so, and so then our story today is about fumigation at grain terminals. Now, when you talk about preparation for that, based on our earlier conversation, you have to have an understanding of at the port, uh, at the, at the time, uh, for that ship, where is the commodity being delivered? Cause that does have an impact on the fumigation requirements, I believe. Can you shed some light on that? Yeah. I mean, they, the, it, the fumigation requirements will vary not only by the country that's importing, cause they set the terms basically. So if they're saying, you know, a certain commodity, let's say soybeans will require an X amount of dosage, either it be 33 grams or 45 grams to be applied to that commodity. They mostly will follow the the USDA fumigation handbook, but like countries such as like South Korea, for instance, they may opt out for dosages above that normal 33 gram rate. So they may go for a 60 gram rate. It also may differ based upon the commodity that's being loaded. So if it's beans from one country, like say for the Philippines, Beans may be at one dose, but wheat may be at something different. So, but they do follow kind of what I would say a consistent pattern, but it is really set by that country that's buying or importing that grain. Interesting. Okay. So can you shed some light then on the logistics and efficiency that's involved in this grand process on the preparation for fumigation near the grain terminals? Yeah, James. So... Typically, so we service numerous elevators in the New Orleans and the greater Houston, Texas markets, just in our South region. And I'm just speaking just from our region, but we do these services up and down the Eastern Seaboard in the PNW, Tacoma, Washington. But our teams will receive a three hour call out from the grain elevator. So as they're loading a vessel, once they suspect and they, they do this nonstop. So they've got it down to a science. The last drop of grain will fall into the vessel at X time. So they will give us a call three hours ahead of time. So after we get that call out, now this is 24 hours a day. Our teams are on call 24-7, 365. Once we receive the call, we have to assemble the team of five fumigators, get to our officer warehouse, load all the supplies, safety equipment, PPE, travel to the elevator, and be on the ship before the last grain is loaded onto that vessel. 
when you're loading 300 million bushels a month, the average price per bushel of soybeans, we'll just say $20 a bushel. That's like $60 billion a month in grain that's going out of the port of New Orleans. So we cannot hold up that type of revenue. So when that last grain is loaded, there's pilots waiting, there are tugboats waiting, there's ship captains. So our team has to get on the vessel as soon as the last grain is loaded, go up and meet with the ship captain, the first mate, get all the paperwork signed, do the paperwork with USDA, go over all the safety regulations, apply all of the fumigate, placard the ship, seal all the weep holes and the ports, and get off the vessel within an hour. Um, so it is a very dynamic, very fast-paced, but very safe. We have an impeccable safety record. No incidents the last two years in the Gulf. And um, so we have about an hour to get all of that done and get off the vessel because the other one is already sitting behind us, idling, waiting to pull into the berth. Wow. Just incredible. Yeah. All yeah. that in just really short order of time. Yep. Now, I believe there are a couple of different ways that are generally used to fumigate the grain. Can you talk about each of those processes? Yeah, there's actually... Um three factors that you want to consider when fumigating a vessel. And and those factors are really set by, as we mentioned, the importing country. And also Algafta, which is the, the Grain and Feed Trade Association, uh, also plays a small role in that as well. But first, you need to know, obviously, where it's going. You, you want to know what country it's headed to and what the requested dose is of that commodity. Second, Depending on two factors, one, if the customer requests a recirculation or if the vessel is over 20 meters deep, it will require a recirculation. And so that will ask of us as a team to board the vessel prior to any grain being loaded. We would install large blower fans, seven of them. If there's seven holds, five if there's five. And then we'll install drain tile or plastic tubing down towards the bottom of the grain mass or in the bottom of the, of the hold. And what that's meant for is that it would recirculate the fumigant gas as it's at sea. So it allows a very thorough and effective fumigation of that grain. Third and, and lastly, you want to know whether or not there's uh, what's called retained or dust retained application required. And if it's been required or requested of us, then we use cotton socks to contain the fumigant or the inert dust that's left after the, the fumigant is left, the solid fumigant. And so that cotton sock will then retain it and it's easily to be removed out of the grain mass once it arrives at the port of destination. If a retain is not requested or required, then we can apply that the fumigant directly to the surface of the grain and then send it on its way. Typically, that sale time from, let's say, Kalama or from Tacoma um, to China, for instance, would be right around 18 days. A lot of our listeners are very familiar with fumigation at different stages of the supply chain. Isn't it more for the assurance of the quality of the product? 
Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that that grain is infested. We obviously have situations throughout the country that we work in bins or we fumigate, you know, bunkers or even flats or something because it has a current insect or IDK issue. But these typically are, are not that. These are really just a requirement of the country that's importing them. We don't want to send our bugs to them. Neither do they want to receive them. So it's, it really is kind of an insurance policy. But it is also a requirement of that importing country, just how the U.S. also requires a lot of products to be fumigated prior to its being, you know, dispersed through the, through the U.S. Gotcha. Okay. So fumigation, it's a necessary service. Individuals who work in green elevators inland are familiar with the fumigation and its role in maintaining green quality. However, what you shared today is likely a process that most professionals in the green industry are unaware of. The sheer volume of all the grain, all the logistics that goes into preparing grain to be exported out to the ocean. I hope this episode also provides a greater sense of the grain supply chain and how each and every role within that supply chain helps feed and and fuel the world. Alex and Perry, what do you wish are some of the takeaways for listeners of this episode of Whole Grain? Myself, personally, just managing the central United States, that core Kansas, Illinois, Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma market for many years, I never really knew where all the grain went. You know, assumptions are it's all processed, sent to flour mills, used internally. And then now over the south region and, you know, half of our annual revenue comes from export, just the sheer volume and where the grain is actually going once it leaves the central U.S. grain elevators and then what a vital role the United States plays in feeding the world. Uh, was never aware of that probably for the last, up until the last five years. For me, I, I hope um, Jeeps members get more out of these podcasts and, and these types of training and education programs than uh, really most expect. I mean, it's, it's such a, a unique part of the business, what we do. Uh, you know, it's, like Perry said, a ballet, but I would almost call it organized chaos at times. And, and we're kind of the unseen people as well. They, we're rushed on and rushed off. We're the last to see that vessel before it leaves. And it is a high stress environment. But at the same time, I think it's also a very rewarding process and a rewarding job as well. I get to see and meet a lot of people from around the world. Uh, I get to interact with really good people down on those vessels and at those export terminals. I really just hope that we draw more quality people to this industry because we definitely need we need more people. Yeah, great points, both of you, because that is at the end of the supply chain from from the U.S. market or from any country that's exporting. And so many people don't kind of get to see that. So there's so much that happens with a great volume of grain in uh, such a short order. Uh, before we conclude, I'd like to start a sentence. I'd love for you to conclude the sentence. Being part of the Jeep's family means, Perry, how about you first? Over the last 20 years, I mean, I could talk about sales, revenue, contacts. It's friendships and relationships. I've got some phenomenal friends that I've met through Jeeps that I, I take fishing trips, you know, completely unrelated to work. It's just a family mentality to me. Awesome. And for me, I'd say very similar. You know, it's always the people. I'm in sales. And, and uh, at the same time, though, I, I just enjoy getting to know others outside of work, being able to assist even in a small way, those growers and those farmers that bring their fruits of their labor to this market. 
and then also, as we mentioned, assisting in that important role of feeding other countries around the world, even if it's a small role, I feel it's very important and it's very rewarding. Great to hear. Thank you for serving as guests on Whole Grain. It's been an honor and a pleasure to connect with you. Thank you for spending time with Whole Grain listeners. Fantastic, James. Thank you, man. Yeah, I could talk this stuff all day long. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks again. All right, all right James. All right. Take care. See you. We thank our guests, Alex Luce and Perry Nettles. I hope you were able to sense their excitement, enthusiasm, and passion they have for the industry. The orchestration between all the players and agencies is amazing. The grain handling and processing industry is exciting. Do us and the industry a favor. Share this episode with someone who might be looking for their next opportunity and possibly choose a path in the grain handling and processing industry. Sometimes it takes a show like this to deepen one's understanding of how everyone's role in the industry is important. Just imagine how many thousands of people from the farmers and producers to the individuals who work in all the grain facilities and for the Jeep's associate members who are the vendors and suppliers to the grain industry who provide the necessary products and services to make this all happen. And we can't forget about all those who are involved in the transportation of grain by ship, by barge, rail, and truck, working efficiently and safely. And I haven't even mentioned all the hundreds of different roles available to handle and process grain to feed and fuel the world. Did you know this whole grain show has its own dedicated page on the Jeeps.com website? You can listen to the show from there, review the show notes, and find the transcript of the show. Just visit Jeeps.com forward slash whole grain. And we are found in all podcast apps. Just do a search for Whole Grain. Subscribe to the show. That way all the Whole Grain episodes will be downloaded to your device as soon as they are released. And if you like the show, give us a five-star rating and a comment. That really helps support what we do and helps people discover the show. If you and your organization want to sponsor an episode and be a featured guest on the Whole Grain Show, or if you are interested in us producing audio ads or commercials to support your product or service, we can help you do that. Please reach out to me, Jim Lenz, Director of Global Training and Education at Jeeps, the Grain Elevator and Processing Society. My email is james at jeeps.com, J-A-M-E-S at G-E-A-P-S dot com. The Grain Elevator and Processing Society is the largest organization dedicated to advancing the grain handling and processing industry. Be sure to check out jeeps.com. That's G-E-A-P-S dot com. Have yourself a great day and thanks for listening to Whole Grain. Jeep's training and education program is proud to release Introduction to Grain Operations. This new course is a multimedia version of what was known as Jeep's 500 with dynamic graphics, video examples, photographs, multidimensional illustrations, animations, and interactive exercises. This course is sure to prepare your teams for the work you need them to do. This is a great industry primer at a great price. For a limited time, Jeep's members may purchase the course for just $195. Non-members still save and pay just $295. For more information, visit jeeps.com.